Well, Jackson, Empires of the Future, and I'm a little tired, so hopefully I don't fall asleep sitting here in, in this comfortable awake. chair in, in this reception right, office. Right, coming, <laughs> coming at you from the main office of First Southern Baptist Church. If you hear the Lloyd Expressway in the background, that'll keep all of you listeners awake, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're right in the middle of everything today. So it's been, what, three weeks since we've done this? Yes. So what have you been up to? Oh, gosh. Uh, working on my truck lately, had some... My dad came and helped me do body work, which is a new experience for me. Why'd you need body work on your truck? It's rusting out in the back. Uh, okay. Place there. So, yeah, that was... Gotta uh, love American vehicles. Not what I expected. <laughs> uh, we just had Easter. So, you know, uh, biggest Sunday of the year for churches is yeah. uh, Easter Sunday. Yeah. And so, yep, yeah, that was good. We saw a lot of people oh, back in church. Yeah. And so it's been big. What about you? Yeah. Uh, well, I was in Colorado for a week uh, celebrating, well... My mom's 60th birthday. Her birthday's not until May, actually, but it was the only time we could get everybody together. Did some snow skiing. Got a GoPro. Filmed some of my skiing. Oh. Fell with the GoPro oh. you know, filming, so I have a pretty good shot of myself falling. Uh, so that's been fun to kind of screw, mess around with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, uh, Easter is not a big Sunday for us. A lot of people go to their parents' church. <laughs> yeah, college church. <laughs> yeah, so dynamics. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's always kind of a a different dynamic for us. So yeah, we um, are. Uh, I learned about you know in seminary a bunch of different kinds of churches, and we are what is called a county seat type church. That's which right. Means you have like homecoming. You literally yes. at the big holidays. This is you see people here. Family members, yep. uh, like people that you won't see any other year. So we're receiving the kinds of people yes. that you are losing. That's right. Sure. That's right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, um, so here we are. We're a few things have happened since we were last uh, on. Um, a few uh, uh, political issues with with sports and companies. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But. Um, um, one that's, I know, another pandemic uh-huh. uh, issue. There's always a new issue that's popped up uh, with the COVID-19 that it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I tend to be a journaler. If anybody's been a journaler in the last year and a half, man, what fodder for journaling sure. and writing Here's my journal right now. Things that you podcast. never... And I was thinking about that too, that I haven't journaled much in this last year, but curiously enough, we started this podcast... Um, about 16 months ago uh-huh. when COVID was just sort of a rumble. Right. It of, was China. I, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and I remember, I expect for the rest of my life, when uh, I was watching, I was looking at Twitter one day and there was a woman from China that was just saying, you know, people are dying here and our government's not doing anything about it. And it was baking waves on Twitter because people don't say that in China. And uh, I remember watching it and my son's coming and asking me, why is this, you know, what else is screaming? And, um, and I was just, I, you know, it, you don't know when you hear things like that if it's going to show up. And then, of course, a few months later, we had shutdowns. And and this podcast, in a lot of ways, has coincided yeah. with so many things facing this uh, pandemic to this point. Now, um, we will move out of this time. And uh, bless God, this podcast can go other directions. That's but true. so far, it's been a lot. Um, and even today, you know, we were talking about the uh, theme for today is kind of transitioning out of COVID, right? but how that's giving uncommon problems yeah. uh, personally for people. Yeah. And it's also creating um, kind of the political climate is creating new problems, like legitimately kind of... Uh, Curveballs. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a baseball. There you go. So listen, yeah. yeah. You're the sports guy between it. But it is, it's creating these new issues. And so that's what it is today. I mean, we're talking about transitions uh, in terms of COVID. We have a couple of small stories leading into a big story about this. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, as this global pandemic has been going on since March of 2020, that hasn't stopped the other parts of society in the world to transition and change along. Mm-hmm. So it's been this kind of constant theme of the last 12 months with all these other issues being kind of like located in this context. You have the race-related issues in the summer, then, of course, the election in the fall, and then the winner, not winner uh, issue for a few months, and then the capital uh, right. invasion, right. Right. and then finally... Uh, Biden takes office, um, and then vaccines, right. and which I'm getting my first shot this week. Mm-hmm. So um, and so, 
it almost kind of as with as I even when I signed up for the the shot, I'm like, oh, COVID is coming to an end. Or right, right. they take the mask, right? The mask right. mandate ends on this week, right? Yeah, the tomorrow, sixth, I believe. yeah, sixth of April. Yep. So you just kind of like, oh, the pandemic's over. But yet, here's another issue, right? With getting coming out of the pandemic that I never would have thought <laughs> was an issue. But now that you when you read about this particular about you read this article in the Wall Street Journal. You're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, so. so why don't we start with the simplest uh, story? I think that the, the stories get a little harder to understand. If you think about it, we have the baseball story. Right. Uh, I think easier to understand. Uh, then we have this question uh, about are conservatives going to boycott uh, sort of woke-leaning, however you want to say it, left-leaning companies, uh, which is, uh, I, I think, an open question. Uh, and then this third about anxiety and a new kind of anxiety coming out of COVID. Sure. Um, but I think the baseball story is the easiest to tell. And you're not a big sports fan. Not in general. And, and you know, so among you're the probably, sports... So you're familiar with this issue because of Dr. Mueller's briefing yes. this morning. Okay. I would never have even... Uh, him th- him as well. Baseball, I'll just tell you straight <laughs> out of the gate. I think baseball is so slow. Yeah. And I have a short attention span in general. Yeah. Um, I've been to 30 Cardinal games in my life because that's just what we did in Southern Illinois, but I didn't have a great time. Yep. Um, I'm one of those guys, if I want to watch baseball, it's going to be on TV. And even then, maybe an inning, and I'm like, all right, I'm good I'm for good. a month, yeah. six months probably, yeah. a season, I don't know. I actually think you'd be like baseball because baseball is a, it, it brings two different groups of people to, 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 the, to, the, to the sport. Number one, it's a conversation sport, right? Okay. Because the action is kind of like, oh, there's a hit. And oh, then you talk. Sure. It's very oh, conversational okay. type yeah. of sport where you just sit, chit-chat, and talk, and you watch a game. Gotcha. Basically, baseball is uh, is a background noise for conversation. Oh, yeah. Because football is a totally different sport. Football is like you're constantly okay. kind of glued in. Yeah. Football is actually not an enjoyable sport to go watch if you're wanting to do it as a uh, a fellowship type thing, I got you. So if you're a bunch of guys from a church, yeah. baseball is far better because you it's relaxed, it's sit yeah. back. Football, you're standing up most of the game. Gotcha. Basketball is a little bit too fast paced uh, and too much like music and a lot of other stuff. It's hard to just kind of chit chat. Yeah. Um, so baseball has that type of uh, it gives you that space yeah. to talk. Yeah. Where other sports don't give you any of that space. Right. The other person is someone who's like a kind of like a statistic nerd, mm-hmm. and they like all because baseball is like a is a math like right. sports. Because yeah, there's another there's, thing I don't naturally think. Yeah, there's a lot math. of numbers thrown at yeah. you, like mm-hmm. slugging percentage, ER. Right, right, right. Uh, there's home runs, and yeah, there's strikeouts, oh, there's yeah. batting average, oh, yeah. there's all these numbers. Uh, this batter bats this against right-handed pitchers and that uh, kind of stuff. Uh, and you get a lot of that data. And uh, some people just love that kind of stuff because uh-huh. it's, it's very scientific, yeah. you know, um, and they, it's a very strategy-oriented game. And so some people are tied in. There's people that will literally keep score for the baseball game because it's in the back of the program. You have, you have a guest. Uh, <laughs> but I think you would actually like baseball as a conversational sport. Oh, sure. I mean, sport. as yeah. that, You're a conversationalist. I've never heard anybody uh, kind of suggest it that way. So, uh, all right, Matt, we got to do it sometime. Someone says the same thing about uh, So cricket, which has very similar elements of baseball, takes that to the next level. Because it's longer sport. <laughs> all right. And there's far more space for conversation, okay. chit-chat and stuff. <laughs> so... So there you go. Well, you just I, haven't given it the chance. I tell you, you're a salesman. I never <laughs> knew this about you. Um, all right. I don't watch a lot of baseball, though. Yeah, yeah. But I would if anyone wants to go to a game okay. and sit there and right. have a hot dog and talk Yeah. Okay. while we watch baseball. <laughs> we're going to go watch the Otters play sometime? That would be something. Yeah, Otters are pretty boring. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a great sport to go with some friends, okay. to chat, uh, catch up on life. So the... Here's the funny thing. Let me ask you this. Um, among other sports, mm. it's sad. Because when I was a kid, the All-Star Game was exciting. Oh, yeah, But most on. All-Star Games now, I mean, I don't know too many people that look forward to, like, so, uh, of the all Pro the sports Bowl in the NFL, of all the sports, baseball right? has the best All Star game. Really? Of all the sports, yeah. Yeah, people don't look up forward to the Pro Bowl in NFL. No, right? the, mm-hmm. f- football and expedition game contact. 
Yeah, they don't nobody even really wants play to get hard, hurt. Right? No, yeah, right. It doesn't sad. go well. Basketball, um, nobody plays defense. Nobody really cares. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. Isn't this a shame. It's, yeah. a, it's kind of a, uh, an indictment of the current state of professional sports that the All Star games, people don't walk out there and do anything. They're like, oh, no. whatever. So, baseball, um, they play for something, though. What do they play for? They play for home field advantage in the World Series. Oh. So well, they're, they're, they try MLB try to make it like incentivize yeah, the, the game a bit. I like that. Um, and so of all the sports, I think baseball does have kind of the market or the oh, when it comes to the best All Star game. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I didn't think they would use the All Star game and 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 politicize it by yeah. by taking it. So the game they try to move it around to different stadiums. It's kind yeah. of like they do every year. And so this year it was supposed to be in Atlanta's new baseball park in the suburbs yes. of Atlanta and because they don't play in Turner Field anymore and it also Hank Aaron had passed away recently yeah. and so Hank Aaron goes played for the for the Braves and so they were going to celebrate his life with the All-Star game but oh. now they've taken it out of Georgia Bummer. because of the new Georgia voting law yes and uh this is uh, let me challenge your summarizing skills oh goodness what is it about the voting law that has been so controversial so, based off uh, listening to Dr. Moore's <laughs> briefing this morning, uh, is, is that, uh, and I read a little bit about it this weekend, is that it, really what it was is to um, kind of bring some order to the absentee ballots. Yeah. Uh, they, there's one ballot, uh, absentee ballot box uh, for each, what, county, I believe. Mm-hmm. But there's also one for every 100,000 you know, population, so in Atlanta area, especially, they'd have more uh, voting bo- uh, uh, absentee boxes. But you have to have a license to get the absentee mm-hmm. ballot, and then you have to have a license to then actually submit that particular uh, absentee ballot. So yeah, sure. they brought, it, to me, it seems like they brought some structure to the chaos of COVID. Because the reason why Georgia didn't have this particular law is because they, like, as most states, most people don't absentee vote mm-hmm. most people vote at the polls mm-hmm. well because of covid there was a uh, there was a, a a large number of absentee ballots and people mailing in their votes and there was so much controversy on when they were supposed to be due and and that type, and there was there was fear of voting fraud that uh state like georgia which was one of the the centers of the controversy during the election they right. brought some some order to um to that that process so Anytime, it seems like anytime there's any type of um, voting legislation, le- legislation that affects elections, it's all especially with Republicans being the majority. The opposite party sees it as um, as um, restricting you okay. know, v- voting for minority candidate, minority voters, and things like that. So, I think uh, President Obama, uh, President Biden, called it uh, Jim Crow law on steroids. Yeah, which seemed a bit. Sh- Pretty strong there. Um, <laughs> well, and and I, just as a bit of an aside, it is it, if in a world where we went straight from say uh, Barack Obama directly to Joe Biden as yeah. president, there would have been a marked. Um, uh, it would have been noted that Joe Biden is much more prone to overblown language he than say a Barack gaffs, Obama, as they say. Yeah. Uh, it, but after Donald Trump, it, 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 it's it, there are very few people. Let me say it like right. this: uh, Donald Trump was known to just use overblown language, which right. is one of these things that uh, one of the Americanisms that I really have a disdain for. I don't like uh, I don't like overblowing things. Overstatement <laughs> is a, is to me one of the things that it's like the boy who cried wolf. You know, we we use it, we we overblow things, and then when you want to say something precise, you can't do it anymore right. because nobody understands precision. Right. Uh, and so uh, grandstanding. So you, yes, you, mm-hmm. yes, you wonder what uh, President Biden actually does think uh, because he is one who it's been pretty known. I mean, there were stories I remember when Barack Obama was president about you know Joe Biden whispering in his ear and a, and a news camera uh, catching you know when he would just use. Very coarse language, and yeah. um, so so you have that uh, yeah. issue that you, that frankly we don't know what he actually means, but we do know what he said, which is that yes, this is Jim Crow on steroids. Which to, for something to be Jim Crow on steroids, to to use that language precisely, oh goodness, um, yeah. Jim Crow laws yeah. were specifically designed to keep. Uh, it, 
flags from voting. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, and by specifically, you ask questions that would not be known in black culture at all. Right. Specifically, so that you would not have black voters. Right. That's just a, that's a thing that right. that happened. A sad tale right. in the history right. of this country. And and this is so. This is not what's happening. If you if you want to say we don't we don't prefer these laws. We don't we don't think these are just or right. I think that's language. I I think we ought to bring back that kind of language. I just think we ought to bring it back. Saying, I think that's a bad law. You yeah. can say that. Yeah. Without and, saying it's Jim Crow. Right. Without saying, I mean, what a this is a, this is something you'd hear in a middle school classroom. It's Jim Crow on steroids. <laughs> you know, like as if Jim Crow uses anabolic steroids. I, yeah. It's so so there's yeah. th- you have that whole language issue. Right. That um that just is frustrating because we can't get to the bottom of things in a lot of ways because of this sort of language. So. And, and I think you know since President Biden wanted to be the unifying president, it just goes against that theme that he said in his inaugural that he wanted to be the president for those who didn't vote for him and that type of thing. Yeah. And I think you can disagree with the law. It's perfectly fine. Obviously, you're the president, not the governor of Georgia, the, the Georgia legislator and the, and the Georgia governor passed this law. Uh, your jurisdiction does not entail uh, voting laws in the state of Georgia. Um, you could disagree with them. You could disagree with it publicly, mm-hmm. but you know the language you use does matter since you are the president. And like you you can still be unifying while disagreeing with it. And I think right. he failed to do so. And by doing what he, what he said, he politicized then um, the state of Georgia. And then, of course, then the MLB, it seemed. Uh, I don't know if the MLB made this decision because of President Biden's right. uh, position on this. It seems, it seems like they're somewhat connected. That the MLB then follows suited and followed the president's lead, and then took the All Star Game out of Georgia, or right. took it out of Atlanta to, to a location as yet to be known. Right, they right, completely. Yet. Yeah, and, um, and so we're not honoring Hank Aaron at his home stadium. They're not, uh, just incidentally. They're but, not. So that um, that is a real question, as far as um, I mean. Because you know, before we said it, companies uh, in the state of Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, is the home of Coca Cola, right, and the home of Delta, right, and these are two companies that have also come out and spoken against the law. Yes, and so now you have three for-profit entities, Coca-Cola, Delta, and then the MLB. Major League Baseball, which that, we often don't think of as a for-profit company, but it believe is very me, for-profit. it has an owner. I believe and, it, uh, yes. it makes $10 billion a year. How is much? $10 billion. Wow. Yeah, because of uh, baseball, the way that it – very few people watch baseball on TV, but where baseball is king is regionally, like this area. The Cardinals are king, yeah, right? Sure. Um, I would say the Cardinals are probably more popular than the Colts. Um, in this entire region, yeah. um, the Colts, I mean, the Cardinals are, are a huge ba- uh, sports brand. And so the, the, um, the advertising contracts for broadcasting of Cardinals games throughout this region produces a ton of money. Yeah. And you're about a hundred, you're about 162 games. It's yeah. a lot of games, a lot more than 16 football games. Right. And so that's a lot of airtime is- and a lot of commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always forget. A lot of people going to baseball games. Yeah, I always forget yeah. how many baseball games they play. So 162 many. regular season games, and then they have the playoffs. Yeah, which uh, which is on you know ESPN. Um, you know, it's on the broadcast channels like ABC. CBS, I mean, comparatively, how many football games in the regular season? So each team plays 16 regular regular season games, and then, and then there's uh, one, two, three. Potentially four playoff games, three okay. or four playoff games, and then I know they're uh, eighty-two games in an NBA season, right? And then, and then they have, the playoffs have, is basically its own season, and then because yeah, they play seven-game series, seven-game series, uh, they play, they play three four and then the championship. Yeah, right? they, I think you're right. Three in the so, championship. So, so you have uh, all of that, and it, it to me it it just looks like a puzzle because what we are seeing is the advancement of politics, politics in integrating into everything. Right. And uh, where the, the, the steps that we are seeing is Major League Baseball, like you said, Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola, which means three different kinds of corporations. Uh, and it, it is unclear right now, like you said, the relationship between 
you have a Democratic president calling for uh, this sort of moving of the all-star game, which has to figure in to the calculations of a company like Major League Baseball moving the all-star game, whether or not, you know, how much influence that had. Um, there is just a lot right now, a lot of, um, I don't want to say companies, I want to say um, CEOs uh, and corporate types reading the lay of the land and going, uh, this this statement that you could be on the wrong side of history is absolutely terrifying to people. Yes. Uh, and, yes. Th- and the movement that we are seeing is all related to that. Yes. Um, yes. I, I am, you know, I, I'm in my mind reminded right now that uh, reading through the screw tape letters with a group of guys and last week's chapter was about uh, this very fear of, that you can say to someone, look, you don't want to be behind. You don't want to be yes, behind the times. You, right. don't, you don't want to be there. Um, so that's been a fear people have had for a long time, and it is at its height right now. It seems to be at its height. I don't. Want, I, I say this because, I mean, I think it's at its height in all of history. Um, whatever's happening with unifying the world as far as you can know, big, large-scale movements and see them in time. That's what the 24-hour news cycle does to you. It says to you, hey, you want to know about the Black Lives Matter movement? Here's how. Here's what's happening with it today. Yeah. Do you want to know about, I mean, Major League Baseball? Here's what's happening with it today. Do you want to know about all these things? They, there can be movements that are large or movements that are very personal and maybe smaller to you, um, and you're able to keep up with those. And so these trends are powerful, and I think our second story relates in a very similar way um, because what we are seeing for a long time I would characterize it this way tell me if you agree for for a long time it has seemed that if you are more left-leaning you are much more likely to buy products and to request that products you buy Agree with your political persuasion. Right. You 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 would both if you could find out that a product or a uh, or a CEO of a company uh, put out a, a product that agreed with your say value system, um, then you would buy that product. Uh, or or you would be putting out on social media other ways that you have to communicate that you you both want your product to do more of this, or more likely, you find out something about your product that you don't like, and then you request them to change their ways and agree more with your political leanings. Meanwhile, the trend has been uh, conservatives, uh, whether you're talking about fiscal conservatives, social conservatives, conservatives of every stripe have gone, I buy products because the deodorant works. Right. Or because I like the sandwich. Yeah, right. I don't. And, and, and this coincides with things that we've talked about before, that typically, if you're more left-leaning, politics are much more likely to ascend to the level of religion for right, you. Right. And if you're right-leaning, politics stay lower, because typically, people who are more conservative have a religion that they actually do focus on, which takes the place in their heart of that religion. So, you have all that, but would you characterize it that way, that conservatives, up until this point, we're talking about a sea yeah, change this on point, this, yeah, up until this right. point, have been much considerably less likely to come out and boycott a company. I mean, there was a Target boycott a few years ago. Right, Disney a while back. Uh, Disney, yes. Um, But how would you characterize that? Yeah, I've been... We were talking... I think... think, And it depends on how you define the kind of the conservative. You have, like, probably, like, your more white-collar, you know, type of conservatives who buy Cadillacs or drive Mercedes, whatever. They they like the product. Mm -hmm. It... It's uh, there's a certain like um, status that the product mm-hmm. you know reflects, and they want to reflect kind of excellency or that type of, of, of thing. Um, and so I think there is there is that. Um, but then I think you have your kind of like blue collar Americans who are also conservative. That I think I think will probably move in this direction as well. They will um, they will buy uh, what they first they perceive shares their values. Um, in this article, it was mentioning a black rifle coffee, right? Uh, this is a coffee that gets advertised often on a sports program I listen to in the morning. That mm-hmm. the the guy who who leads the show is far more conservative than other sports guys, and he advertises for black rifle coffee because it's a conserv. It a lot of the money goes to veterans, sure, and to police officers, and so that's the kind of group that it supports. And so, I mean, there's there's a reason that this company was birthed is because they probably perceive that conservatives will then start to buy products that share their values. I right. think that's becoming, I think it will become a growing trend where companies will 
start to position themselves with a particular political group or mm-hmm. political uh, elective. Problem with like Major League Baseball is, and the same with like a lot of the sports uh, t- uh, uh, organizations, is a lot of their fans are probably more conservative. Now, I it depends on the it depends on the team, right? right. I'm gonna guess your a lot of your Braves fans are gonna probably be pretty conservative. Right. Uh, because the Georgia is pretty conservative. Right. You you take a lot of different uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, like Northern Florida, it's right. a lot more conservative. Man, I would love to see a breakdown on that because you know Yankee fans, I would say, would be generally right. more liberal. But um, you know, I, you know base, but I would say a lot of Yankee fans and Red Sox fans, especially, are probably pro police officers. Right, and so and like I think that you, know, you would have to break it down even further. You'd have to on, break it down issues. further. That's so that's funny, my yeah. that's my issue with what MLB is doing. Even from a PR standpoint, it's like. Good luck trying to, to figure out where you are. But I think what you said was is probably really key is that being on the right side of history is probably the bigger motive here. Uh, and they're hoping that five, ten years down the road they'll be proven to be right. Uh-huh. Uh, I was actually reading a book by Timothy Keller. He had a book called The Hidden, Hidden Meanings of Easter. Mm-hmm. And he talks about like cultural hopes. And he said like from the 1750s to like the 1900s before the two wars – there was a lot of cultural hope. There was a lot of belief in like uh, progress and historical mm-hmm, progress. Mm-hmm. But then after the war, two wars, there was a lot of cultural like hope yeah, had gone away. Yeah. And he says uh, he says that there's two things that that do tend to present cultural hope. One was technology. Mm-hmm. That through technology we will progress through some of our issues and we'll we'll be able to yeah. solve these problems. The second thing was what you just mentioned. Being on the right side of history, yeah. like liberal politics, like progressivism, and that, and that that if you if you tag yourself with this progressive movement, that you will be on the right side of history. You'll be on the right side of of progress, mm-hmm. and everyone who's left behind, they'll have very few business connections, very few uh, right. uh, connections to to customers or whatever it is. You will be seen as the as the guiding light, yeah. and I think that these companies do believe this: is yeah. that hey, this is where the culture is going, and we want to be along for the ride. We don't want to get left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's an interesting, I think an interesting place for places like, like Coca-Cola is a soda drink. Right. Like what does it have to do with politics? It's a co it's the most, it's a, it's a drink, right? right? I mean, Republicans drink it, Democrats drink it. People, you know, like it. Some people drink the diet sodas or the other beverage choices that they have. It's a drink. Right. And what does it have to do with Right. And I think that was even what Dr. Mueller was saying this morning. It's just like you have this like this this institutions that corporate institutions that should be somewhat more stable. That um, you know whomever whatever politics you come from, whatever religion you follow, uh, you can buy their product and be satisfied with it, right? Right. But now you're like, well, do I want to support right. a company that disagrees with my politics? Right. Like, where's my money going? And should I support this? Should I? Look elsewhere. What if there is no elsewhere? What if Pepsi agrees with it? What else am I going to buy? Right. And, and it, it creates just a lot of, like, people go to the grocery store now are like, am I buying the Republican Coke or the or the soda or the Democrat soda? It's just so bizarre. And, and, and you know, these calculations, uh, you and I were talking earlier, that they, these calculations seem to be made in a PR department, and then they, they go through, you know, the management level, and then they go out to uh, to the world. And the antipathy that they are creating uh, it just makes you wonder, is there anticipation that this is hap- going to happen? Because um, one thing that I like to watch for is uh, I love to be on college campuses and talk to college students. College students are, um, are financially beginning to make a lot of their own decisions. Now, most mm-hmm. of them are still supported uh, by their parents. But they, you know, for instance, most of the kids you talk to on USI's campus, uh, they live here. Their parents live uh, elsewhere, usually within a couple of hours. Um, But to hear their attitude towards these kinds of issues, I am hearing uh, exhaustion Mm -hmm. uh, related to this sort of stuff. Sure. As, As if, as if we should care 
what the CEO of Coca-Cola mm-hmm. thinks about politics. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, um, you know, in, in an age of anxiety, which is the main article we're coming to, where people are, are holding heavy burdens on their back, trying to please everyone. Right. Then you are adding these questions of, are you drinking the soda that is the right one? Right. And this is the exact, you know, kind of issue. Um, by the way, if, if anyone would like to kind of consider further what we're talking about here, this article is called What I'd Give for a Shave That Isn't Woke, and that's by Dave <laughs> Seminara. Uh, and that's at the Wall Street Journal, is yes, that right? Yes, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he raises this issue uh, related to um, – I use a Norelco electric razor, but you said you use the same company that he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, Harry's. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and it's like it's. I think uh, it just. I mean, we're not gonna talk about Harry's, but it's a. They sell it at Target, I think, and um, and they they get their like razors. They're like their blades from Germany. Yeah. So you get like high high quality blades for like a cheaper price. Yeah, it's kind good. of their. It's one of those. Models. Okay. I've yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hilarious. I never even considered much what brand of electric. I. I and I can tell you. I have no idea, nor do I care, where Norelco stands right. on anything. And my thing with Harry's is that <laughs> I, I, I bought it because I, I don't like electric razors because I take it kind of closer. Right. Um, and uh, I liked it. It was it right. pleased me. Well, it did a good job. <laughs> and it did a good job. A and I didn't go, I razor, wonder what their politics yeah. are. I wonder right. what their, as the Delta, I was reading the Delta, the reason why the uh, the Delta CEO was uh, Ed Bestin said that he was uh, they were against the the, the law in Georgia because it says it was unacceptable and does not match Delta's values. Sure, I, I didn't know Delta had values. I thought you know uh, I always say they're a company that have values, but I didn't know it, it, it went into like well right what the Georgia legislature did when it well, comes listen, to voting yeah, laws. Yeah, it's a val- very valid question. It really is a very valid question that you have arrived at, which is why does Delta need to have values uh, concerning, say, voter registration. You know, I mean, I heard, I I think this is a valid comparison. I did hear somebody say, Delta requires photo ID to get on one of their planes. They do. Um, But, I mean, obviously they're against this, and so whatever you think about whether or not that's a reasonable comparison, but it's a valid question. Why does Delta, uh, does every company, which, by the way, a company is an entity. Right. They, they're a legal entity, and so uh, companies don't technically have values of any kind. The people who work at companies have values. Uh, companies right. have, have what they call planned values, where that's they right. say, you know, we want to respect our customers. That's right. a planned value. Right, that it is. Yeah. And that's a perfectly reasonable planned right. value to They're have. They're treating every customer the same. There you go. That's one of their those, values. Those are very reasonable yeah. planned right. values to have. And you can see as a company why you might have those, because yes. you want to say, hey, person who works for us, you didn't conform to our planned values by disrespecting that customer. Please try to respect customers. That's one. Look, we put that on the wall. That's one of our planned values. Meanwhile, these things don't make sense for a company. Now, why are we talking about this? Well, look, as Christians, we want to conform our values to God's values. We want to value the things that he does. And so, yes, we want to love and serve our neighbors and our enemies we are called specifically to love the stranger. The, the you know, so we're we're talking. Uh, we've been talking the last few podcasts about immigration, and so we want to see how you do that. Now, listen. One thing, and not to get confused within your mind, the Christian church is called to love strangers. Mm-hmm. The United States government, the main job of the United States government, is like all governments. To punish the evildoer and maintain order. Those are the two jobs of all governments. That's where government starts. The government's main job is to stay out of your face as long as you are not being assaulted by someone. Right. As long as nobody's trying to break into your house. The government, this is so key. I mean, this is one of the most clarifying things. You read the book of Romans. The government's job is to punish the evildoer mm-hmm. and maintain order in society. And whatever else you think of, you can go there in political theory on whatever other things you might think of government doing. Uh, the reason I start there is because the government, in my view, becomes less effective the further down the ladder you go trying to get it to do other things. Right. Meanwhile, uh, part of what we are seeing in our age, in this time period that we live, is... Um, Massive government expansion led, I mean, 
uh, led by the way, in, in part by Republicans in the yeah. last few years, which is oh, not yeah. typical of Republicans. Oh, yeah. uh, Donald Trump was not typical of Republicans in quite a few ways, but one of them was he was not physically conservative. He was not fiscally conservative. Um, he spent a lot of money, and uh, so that was that was different. Uh, and we're going through this now, a change in how government's going to operate. And it is it is literally, quite literally, an experiment. We don't know how this thing's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, am, I, I think of myself as a pretty experimental kind of person, but parts of this make me nervous because uh, we are, nobody anymore seems to be uh, operating on this idea of spending money at a rate at which we might be able to pay it back one day. That is an idea that's been thrown out the window. Uh, it's a concern. Yeah. You know, we, we are we are borrowing money mm-hmm. or printing money, mm-hmm. and uh, this this kind of financial policy is untested. It's a new idea, uh, the, especially at the levels we are we are pursuing it. When we're talking about a two trillion dollar stimulus, and then when you follow that up by saying, "And don't worry, it's probably another two trillion dollar." Uh, infrastructure bill on the way, which is where right. we are currently with the with the Biden administration. Right. It's just uh, inflation is a major question. Yep. Uh, and for those of us, I'm not an economics major. I didn't even take an economics class. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand these basic ideas and enough to know that what you run into at the highest levels is conflicting stories about how this is all going to turn out. And when really smart people are telling me very strongly conflicting stories, I get concerned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I just, I, 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 I kind of agree with the writer's, like, issue. Like, yep. can we just, like, can I watch a baseball game and it not be about a voting law? Mm-hmm. Um, can I, um, can I drink a soda without it having to be right. connected to politics and stuff like that? I think that's, I think that's a little, I think that's probably a lot of people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some, like especially baseball, American pastime, it's sacred to a lot of people. Um, what happens in the, in the, in the summer and fall uh, when it comes to baseball is something that is where Americans are come together and you're united. Yep. Um, they don't want it to see as something that divides America. Right. And I think, I, I think Manford, uh, the, this, the, uh, commissioner of baseball, uh, I think he made a mistake by basically drawing a line. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I've had issues with pastors who do the same thing with politics and sure. drawing lines. It's just like, Man, these are these are places where people are unified, um, not where people are divided. And I think if you're a baseball fan, regardless of your opinion on the issue, I think it should should frustrate you. Yeah. Because if this happens, if this happened, then there's more to come. Yeah. There's more to come. You know, yeah. you know, in Indiana, we you know when 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 um, uh, when there was that um, religious liberties bill several years ago. Yeah. Uh, this is when Mike Pence was still the governor. Mm-hmm. The NCAA was was contemplating uh, pulling the, uh, well, I think the Big Ten was contemplating pulling the Big Ten tournament from Indiana because of a, a vote or bill. Sure. Like that, I just, you know, like, you're, you are a, you're a, you're a, you're a, pro, a for-profit institution. Yep. You're, there's, you organize. There's many different uh, uh, teams from a lot of different places yep. that kind of fit under your tent. You can't get that Pacific like yep. on that type of stuff. Okay. Um, and I think it's just unfortunate. And uh, I just think this is going to be the new norm. I think this is what I mean. This is going to be whatever next. And th- another state's going to fall suit. There's going to be a southern state that has a Republican governor and a Republican legislature, and they're going to follow Georgia's example. And are what's, you saying in the opposite way and pull? Is that what you're saying? No, I think they're going to follow suit the same way Georgia did. Okay. Because oh, I, I think I think that I think you heard you heard a lot of Republican voters very concerned about absentee balloting. Sure. And I think I think states are going to try to fix this this issue from happening again. Yeah. And I think they're going to pass similar laws. So what happens if this is Florida? Yeah. What What are they going to do next? Are they going to pull the Super Bowl if it was in Florida? Like, sure. What What's What's the it's just a, it's going to be a stream of things, and I think a lot of these Republican governors are not gonna they're not gonna back down. Yep. So it's yeah. just unfortunate. And, and so I mean, uh, 
the main takeaway from this article is that uh, Dave Seminar is saying, let, you know, it's time for conservatives to boycott. Uh, yeah. You mentioned to me earlier the Texas governor. Yeah, so Abbott, the governor, uh, had so, so he was supposed to throw out the first pitch at the first, at the home opener for the Rangers, Texas Rangers, and he decided not to throw that pitch. Yeah, because so, of the because of the MLB decision. Yeah. And and so um, it seems like the sea change that I was talking about earlier is that conservatives are going to begin to boycott uh, brands that openly disagree with them in the same way that uh, more liberal voters have been uh, doing and that political uh, politicization of uh, everything is going to raise yet another level. I want to say about this that... We have plenty of space for hope. It's just that all of these places, it seems, where, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, Tim Keller and the, the mystery or the secret meaning of Easter. Yeah. We've, we've put our, our hopes and our aspirations in a lot of other things, and it seems that our hopes are being pulled from those. They are. They are now leading to despair, disdain, discouragement, disillusion, all kinds of just... Uh, it is it is very discouraging to see uh, political elements having to intermingle with everything. Right, and um, we'll have to find uh, our light and our our bright spots. Otherwise, I want to say to everybody, you know, look, uh, I typically on these things, if I feel like drinking a Coca Cola, I'm just still at the point where I go, I I want to be a person who still says to you guys. If you make a good product, product, I, I might yeah. drink it. Yeah. I, I, I don't care. Right, I, I just, right, you right. Just, you don't have you, to advertise to me. I get it. It's I, good. I, I, I like it. I hope you all realize sooner or later, this is not your lane. Stay in your lane. Right. I, I just, this is not it. I don't, I don't need it. this from you. Like, right. I, I don't think you all have read like John Locke to get your political theory. So right. I'm, not, I'm not interested in your opinion about right. this. I don't think you've read Aristotle. I don't think you've read any of the major right. people who have good political ideas. Right. So... You're not convincing to me when you and, say yeah. we've got this sorted out. And you know, like the, the you know, for these companies that have you know uh, shareholders, their shareholders don't care. Right. They want money. That's why they're investing in it. And if you're if you're arguing that this is our this is the best, uh, this is the best investment, yeah. like money investment, that be on this side of the position. I think that's what a lot of this has to do with. Right. And. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But you know, um, you know, I, I'll, you know, I drink Coke. I will fly Delta if if at the cheapest price. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I think it's so great about you know Southwest. You know, one of their 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 I guess one of their founding CEOs said there was a there was a discussion about um, one, someone someone on the on their board had the idea of like serving like a, a chicken salad as a part of, like, a food-based, like, uh, to provide for customers. And the CEO says, does this help us become the cheapest or the most affordable uh, airline for customers? And the answer was no. So it's like, we're not doing that. Right. Do you see, like, the values? It's like, what's the best for the customer in their in their experience with the product? And the companies that I think are, are, are focused on that are the ones that are probably the ones that make the most money. Right. And companies like this who get, who get, who, who get distracted. Mm-hmm. But all these other things, I think it affects their products long term. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. We'll see. Okay, so our... As our Jordan th- said, Republicans buy sneakers, too. <laughs> but just, you know... Uh, he said that in 1990, what, four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably still believes it, though. <laughs> uh, so our third article is called, When the Pandemics End Means the Return of Anxiety. This is also out of the Wall Street Journal by Dr. Uh, Peggy. Peggy Drexler. Um, and so... <laughs> Okay, this article is very serious, but also has a very light side. Yeah. And so um, introduce it, but then after you introduce it, I think I have a great lens through which to think about this article. So yeah, I read it last night. As you, 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 let's say this, you uh, texted me, I think on Friday. Right. Hey, what article are we doing? You heard nothing from me. Because right, I did I not have an answer. That's right. I like, I don't know. I'm trying to finish the sermon for Sunday. Sunday night, I opened the paper for the first time. Yeah. Whoa, this is interesting. Sure, yes. <laughs> Send it your way. And I start reading it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, anxiety, yeah. pandemic, sure. Did not know that. No, no, no. 
For those introverted people who have been living the dream since March, <laughs> yes. they haven't had to talk to anybody. Right. Uh, they don't have to go. Someone goes, hey, do you want to come hang out? They don't have to go, oh, no, I'm right, busy. Right, no, right, they right. go, oh, sorry, COVID, right? COVID, right. Yeah. I don't want to get sick. Right. Uh, they have been living it up. I mean, right. been, you know, whatever whatever they do, just being social hermits, they just kind of been, been right. indoors and enjoying not being around people. And now they're afraid, oh, my goodness, my job's probably going to ask me to come back to work right. in person. Uh, my, uh, for, I mean, it didn't talk about Christians, but Christians who have not been going to church, oh, that's right, I'm that's right. probably going to have to maybe go back to church now, I guess, or uh, family members. Hey, we're going to have a Memorial Day party. Oh, I can't because, you know, COVID. No, those are all been lifted. Right. Oh, uh, right. right. Yep, yep, yep. What excuse do I find now? <laughs> right. And so you have your everyday person anxieties of, you know, look, you do have to decide if the, if the mask mandate drops and it's still advised, are you going to wear it all the time? Are you going to wear it some of the time? Are, how will you protect yourself? Do you have older family members that you do still need to be concerned about? They haven't been able to get the vaccine for whatever reason. Um, you have those issues. But here's the way I, what this reminded me of. Uh, this reminded me of my two favorite sitcoms of all time, uh, both not uh, Incidentally, are from the 90s, uh, Seinfeld and Friends. Yes, Seinfeld's one of my favorites. And it particularly reminded me, uh, here's my prediction. If the pandemic had happened in the 90s and then it was represented in these sitcoms, I'm going to go ahead and predict that out of Seinfeld, George would have liked it the most. Yep. And out of Friends, that Monica would have liked it the most. Okay. Meanwhile, Kramer would have... Jumped out of the window, right, right, and Phoebe would not have gone along with anything, right, right, um, and and that's a great representation to me of uh, what what this article reflects. Uh, so, for instance, there's um, uh, there's a specific definition given here, and I very much appreciated this uh, quote: "The defining characteristics of anxiety include a fear of doing something wrong, awkward, or different," and. If you are, uh, especially a kind of a more introverted, self-conscious type of person, this, this fear of doing wrong can mean both morally or socially, you just feel awkward and self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what you said earlier certainly applies that during the pandemic, you've been able to control your schedule. Yeah. Uh, where you go, how long you go, if you talk to people at all. Right. Uh, you know, you've been able to say, oh, I'll just email you. And it's been much more likely for people to say, well, it's the pandemic, that's fine. I, I, and, and, you know, look, that this is not guesswork. I have people in my life who are very introverted who have told me, I've been fine with this. Right. I, I go home. I don't have to see people as much as I used to. Right. And, and they literally, in some ways, this has been... Uh, it's been a sort of a dream holiday, for them. And, you know, yeah. and and it's strange to say that, but I'm really not exaggerating in that it's streamlined their life, right? Because some people, again, like uh, let's especially say a Monica from Friends. Her character is all about order, right? All about keeping the space where she lives the way she wants it, and trying to streamline all of her relationships so they function in the way that she wants them to. Um, anybody who, I mean, orderliness, this is a, a category in, in all these psychological assessments, and anybody who has a degree of orderliness knows the people in their life who have more of a degree of uh, disorderliness right. in their life. And you know that you have to manage those people. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's just, it's one of those things that is right. real. Right. It's, it's a real thing. Right. Uh, but that issue there, that, that wrong, something that could be wrong. And then this, this second element, uh, the anxiety, something that's awkward. Yeah. So that's all about things that increase self-consciousness right. in you. Right. And look, self-consciousness is higher when you're around people, certain people make you more self-conscious than others. Right, 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 right. Um, but look, for an introvert, self-consciousness is like it's like your imaginary friend. It goes with you wherever you go. And not having to be around people means in a lot of ways you're able to forget about it. Well, look, 
the world's back, baby. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and the and masks so, are coming off. Uh, yes. And, and, and it is curious how um, I've heard different psychologists talk about how certain uh, personality characteristics are correlated. And so it's not a, a, a it's not a um, not at all unreasonable for uh, George Costanza to have both social anxiety and also concern about cleanliness, be more worried about germs. Usually right. people who have more social anxiety are also germaphobes. Right. You just run into these sort of things. These Which things the Seinfeld character was very germaphobic and stuff. Right, and he's modeled after Larry David, by yes. the way. Who, he, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is all of those things. All those uh, things. You know, it's always funny about Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld kind of wasn't acting. He just right. he really just played himself. Right. Uh, and, and he did the things that he did. It's, you know, it's a little bit hilarious. But look, the guy worked a long time to be funny, and then they just put him on TV and said, we'll, we'll name you Jerry. Right. Just keep being funny and doing what you do. Yeah. We'll put people around you that accentuate they, that. They, they, yeah, you can make all, all, all the comedy that you create, the people that, that are your aides right. creating this comedy, that we're going to put those people around you, right. and you just be you. Yep. Yeah. And then America watched and for America about 10 watched, years. Yes. Um, and then the, th- the third thing is, you know, that something's wrong, something awkward, or something different. And t- different is the funniest one of all these because it is so blatantly, <laughs> so blatantly only going to happen in a pandemic. Yes. Okay, listen, stay in your house. Never leave. Yeah. People have got this. Most introverts don't get this in their lifetime, but now for one year plus, these introverts have gotten this, hey, stay in your house, Yeah. make your own schedule, get up when you want to get right. up. If you don't want to put pants on, don't put, put pants your shirt on. on for work for if you have a meeting, otherwise right. don't. Right. You know, this, and not only the, in their lifetime, most people in previous generations haven't had anything like the internet. I mean, people, if this had happened 40 years ago, they would have had telephones. I would love if I, I haven't read a book. I would love to read a book about 1917, the last time uh, Spanish flu came around, what yeah. it was like then. Yeah. Because nothing like today. I guarantee you, nobody watching Netflix. You know, I've mm. talked to young people who literally have told me, oh, I'll make it through a, two seasons of Netflix in a weekend. Yeah. 24 episodes of uh, Criminal Minds. Yeah. I'll make it through two seasons of Criminal Minds in a weekend, and I'm just going, yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. 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 But this is how we've been living. It's not awkward. It's not wrong. And it works with their schedule. There you go. There you go. And so they don't have to figure out a time if they have a roommate or I don't know if yep. they have to. How oh, when am I going to start it? Oh, yeah. I got work until this time. Oh, I got this thing at uh, this time. I'll have to do it this time. I schedule it. No, yep. we're about scheduling and do yep. whenever I uh, whenever I want. Right. right. And uh, I think. You know, even little things like the office and working in an office and it's like, oh, you know, someone else is, you know, using the restroom and oh, now I'll have to wait and use the right, restroom. Right, right. Oh, I'm at home. I can use my own bathroom. Right. I don't have to share a bathroom yeah. with any coworkers. Yeah. Don't have to have awkward conversations as I wait for my co- my current coffee to go trip, 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 trip. Right. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I can yeah. just yeah. be myself and I don't have to talk to anyone. And they even said in the article that, People, you know, who had anxiety about, like, meetings and presentations had no problems on Zoom, you know, they had no anxiety issues presenting on Zoom because they didn't have to worry about, like, did they, was there, like, mustard on their shirt? Was uh, was their outfit mismatched? Uh, what does their face look like? Uh, you know, um, how's my hair? No worries about that because they're on a, a Zoom call and it doesn't even matter to anyone and um for someone like you know i'm an introvert who has become more extroverted because of ministry is kind mm-hmm. of you know, I've, you know i did a personality test recently and me and my wife were talking about it and she's like really that's kind of your personality i'm like i, I think i think ministry has basically mm-hmm. molded and changed me by because that's what you have to do yeah. like within ministry yeah um, and so, to be honest, maybe my former self would have been similar in this particular story, but now I'm, like, looking forward to being able to be around people. I find that our job will be a lot easier yeah. than it was this past 12 months. Um, and I hated Zoom calls. I hated leading Bible study on Zoom calls. Uh-huh. Uh, I was not a fan. I, I, I taught uh, the boys' class twice on Zoom. I f- prefer in-person far more mm-hmm. than being on Zoom. Um, and, like, there's just so many things that... Um, that uh, being around people is so helpful. It's so encouraging. It's so good. Sure, at times it's awkward, but uh, 
but you know, I don't try not to focus on that. Right. right? And right. I think a lot of times people who they like and awkwardness is like their biggest fear. Right. That they try to avoid awkwardness. Right. Well, but humans are awkward. I mean, we're all like middle school kids running into the wall and our feet are bigger than our bodies kind of mentality. And so like, if that's what we are, then all of us are awkward. Even if we cover it up, we're all awkward. Sometimes I remember recently I was, I had a guest come speak and I said something really awkward. You're trying to say something Mm -hmm. that's a kind of a common phrasing, but you kind of lose it halfway Mm -hmm. through. I totally lost it halfway through. I'm like, that was horrible. But like, that's, that's life. Well, listen, that's it, life. Uh, yeah, and that's that that uh, move that you just made right there—the ability to laugh at yourself yes. and then just go, you know what? Hey, oh well, that's, uh, world's not going to end. Right. The, the roof's right. not going to collapse. Right. And uh, I certainly do not need to act as if I've got it together and know what's going on all the time. Because guys, that's not me. That ability to laugh at yourself is in decline in our day, and that it is. is awful. It, it is, is awful. horrible for everyone. It's awful. to take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Or believe that everyone else expects you to be this, like, perfected excellence that walks around saying the right things constantly, uh, always perfectly pressed and always on point. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if that's just, like, education and parenting that's Mm -hmm. just kind of giving you this false narrative that, hey, if you're not on, then people are going to fire you and kick you to the curb. Your wife or your husband's going to divorce you because you're not as pretty as they thought you were. That moment when you walk down the aisle, like, yeah, yeah, you need to, like, you know, convince them that you're this perfect person, and then you have to keep that facade for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, is that really what people think? Like, that's, uh, again, like you were saying earlier, that's so much weight and so much pressure and stress that... You're like, you know, to mediate all of that, I'm just going to stay inside. And then everyone will think, oh, you know, you know, I guess they're okay. They're good. You know, they look great on on the Zoom call. Look fine. Look happy. Look. And, uh, you know, they got it all together. It's like, but really, they you don't. And I don't know if that many people are that are are that focused on you, your particular life. Right. As if they spend every day making sure you know, you're on point or that you're don't make any mistakes, right. that they're consumed by you. Right. People are not consumed by one another. We're trying to get our things done, try to do well in our responsibilities, try to be on time right. at different places, uh, try not to, to get in an accident or just completely lose it. We're right. just going from next step to next step and next step. And the times where we get to be around people and talk about baseball or talk about uh, movies or anything else, that's like the good stuff in life. Right. Like, we should take advantage of that not run away from it. Right. Uh, this reminds me, one of my, this is a really odd story to be just like one of my favorite stories, but um, a pastor friend of mine ran into a guy that we, the three of us were all in high school together. And um, he said, you know, I ran into this guy and we hadn't seen him in 20 years. And this guy literally said to me, he said, hey, Chris, I haven't thought about you in 20 years. How are you doing? And that little slip of the tongue sort of statement, he said, I walked away from that. He said, you know, often every day I will think of something I did, and I'll go, that was so dumb. I bet they thought I was so dumb. And to have this guy say to me, no, look, you haven't crossed my mind in 20 years, it just made me realize people do not yeah. People do not walk around going, man, what a goofball, what a dumb yeah. thing he right, said. They right. don't think, that's not what consumes their thoughts. No. People have a lot of stuff going on. They do. And they're dealing with that. They're not, they're doing- they're not going over in their mind the dumb thing you might have done this morning that you beat yourself up over 30 times. Self-consciousness. If they are, they shouldn't be. <laughs> right. You know, there you go, too. I mean, and that's, self-consciousness is a lie. I mean, it, yeah, is, it, it really is, is. It is a psychological malady that that we all deal with, yeah. but that, praise God, we'll be free of one day. Yes. And really what's exciting yes. is in our sanctification right now, we can work towards being free of. And so lean into your relationships. Go after them again, yeah. wherever you are. Look, because I'm in the same boat as you, a person who started out very introverted, realized in a lot of ways through the purpose and mission of the church that mm-hmm. my introvertedness did not serve well it doesn't. in a lot of ways right, the, right. the mission of the church. Right. In some ways, I mean, you go to seminary and you find out, oh, these extroverted guys, they're not generally great at reading or no. bearing down on some of this stuff. Right, so I have right. advantages, right, right. but they have advantages. And, and so right. uh, this all kind of binds us together, I think. It's funny because this sort of ties this story together because it makes me think about, I mean, this this different, uh, the running into situations that are different. Look, our brothers and sisters who love every day to be different have been suffering. Yes. <laughs> They've been suffering for over right. a year. I, I have friends 
who who are adventurous and need change, and they have been struggling in this yeah, past year. Yeah, yeah, Being yeah. stuck in their house, yeah. not seeing people, having right. days be predictable. The Phoebes and the Kramers of this world have had a hard go of it. Right. But look, as is so often, the world is returning more to their turf. And that's the way, look, this is providence. I mean, God is... God is opening the world again uh, in what we are enduring. This unique passage, this unique period mm-hmm. that we've gone through is ending and let it. Uh, yeah. Whatever that means, I know we're all struggling to find this together. We all need to work through this uh, together. Uh, there, there's some really hard things that it says in here. One thing she says, uh, quote, many with obsessive compulsive tendencies have found that their rituals for finding safety have been not only normalized, but even idealized during the pandemic. Oh, that just rings yeah. of control. Yes. And look, this is um, this is something that our hearts do. We strive to control situations. And that is, I mean, the New Testament calls that grasping. It talks yeah. about how we try, uh, rather than having faith and openness to whatever God might want to do. Right. It's not a burden, but but we, we try to put our claws into it and say, but God, just let me run this. And you can't live that way. Right. It, it will it, it will elude you. You right. will grasp and grasp at trying to control right. your life, and all the good things will slip through your fingers, and right. you'll be left with this dead crust right. uh, of a life. Please, I mean, I, I, am, I, I really beg whoever might be hearing this, don't live that way. I've lived that way. I know what that's like, and there's no life in there. It feels yeah. like it, but it's fear. It's right. fear that the good things in your life might go away. Look, I know that's yeah. I know that's And right. I know that my, I think the one group of people that have really I struggled a lot the last 12 months is moms with kids, little kids sure. and stuff, and and I think they're prone to control because they have a, a responsibility yes. over another human being, and yep. they're afraid of yep. illness and, and and injury and and other types of things to, to fear as a parent. And you have this pandemic, and you you're like, oh my goodness, my you know I, my kid could get this virus, or I could get this virus, and I wouldn't be able to care for them. And like you have all of these fears and stuff, and you're like, all right, so the way to make sure that None of my kids or I get this. We're just going to shut the whole house down right. from the outside world. And and so there's a lot of, like, you know, fear. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, family says, hey, we're going to have uh, people over. And you're like, I don't know. Like, you know, there's some people that aren't wearing masks. And I don't know. I'll just stay home. Yep. And, but that, they, like, okay, that's fine. But then you get into this, this spring, you're mm-hmm. like, you're still using that as, as reasons for not gathering with people. And you even could be be told, yeah, they've, they've gotten the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, but that, that's not good enough because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know. They may, you know, I don't know. And so you just control it mm-hmm. and you just like, I'm going to protect and, and none, none of my children are going to get outside of my, my protection and my safety. And I think it's been like, wow, like living in that fear and, and just really just kind of being very restrictive is, is it's almost an idealized world because you know, without a shadow of doubt, your kids are okay. Right, right, right. There's nothing going to happen to them. Right, right. And because you have made it your, your personal goal every day to make sure that nothing happens to them. Yeah. And, and, you, and no one's going to argue with you. It's like, well, what do you mean you're not going to take them to the park? Well, no one's going to say that to you. Right. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. yeah, the COVID. I mean, yeah, I understand. And so you've just been able to kind of create this idealized world mm-hmm. And, but what's going to happen in a month? Are right. you going to use that same excuse when another family from the church invites you over to a birthday party right. and you say, no, John, Johnny can't come. Why? I don't know. We're just, we're not there yet with right. COVID. Right. That, I, I think right. you're, you're, you're like the extent of that excuse or the extent of that reason. I think it's going to, it's going to run out of right. Out of uh, steam, and uh, and this is going to create some some problems because like, what do they not like us? Like, what's right. what's wrong with us? Right. They, I mean, we've take, gotten the vaccine. I mean, what right. what, what else right. can what we do? Yeah. What else do you want from us? Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. It is. Um, you know, it reminds me. There's uh, the writings of John in particular, the Gospel of John, First John, Second John, where he talks about uh, the way of love, follow the way of love. Um, but even more so, the perfect love drives out fear, that we, we cannot live by fear. Now, I know most our heart immediately goes, well, you can't just do whatever comes to your mind. Well, look, perfect love drives out fear, so we, we live in the way of love, but that partners with wisdom. Right. And, and so it's not, we are never told in the Bible just act recklessly. 
Right. So it, it partners with wisdom, but do not believe the voice of fear right. that, that says to you, listen, you probably don't ever need to go anywhere again. You probably never... When I heard, I knew that there was just going to be a lot to unpack about the pandemic when I heard Dr. Fauci early on say, well, I mean, in, in the CDC, we don't understand why anybody shakes hands or I, I don't, hugging probably, you, you want to keep that to a minimum in your life. And I'm kind of going, ooh, that's not the way of love. <laughs> that is yeah. not. And, and I understand yeah. if, if, listen, if your profession was the Center for Disease Control, you would have a certain perspective on what would be the ideal. Back you almost to your, have to be a germaphobe, right? Right. <laughs> uh, you would have a certain perspective on what the ideal world would be, but it would not be the same as the Christian ideal. Right. And so um, the way of love now, we're going to have to seek it, and we're going to have to help our brothers and sisters to seek it, especially those, you know, look, this is, it is an affliction in a lot of ways to have, uh, it, all fears in a lot of ways are an affliction. We experience them as an affliction. We don't we don't walk up to fears and go, I'd love to fear this thing right, here. We, right. It's just it's it, it's under the surface. Right. And and so right. uh, but we will again push into relationships. We've got to do this again because the time is now. Uh, we're we are beginning to do things and we're gonna see stragglers, people who are waiting and listen, it's okay to be cautious, but not uh, not in despair, not in fear. Uh, there's not life there. So that's that's what I see in this one. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah this is, I don't know. I, it, we'll, we'll see what comes next over the next week. And yeah. we will not be on a big break. We'll be back next week uh, to, I don't know, uh, I guess we, we could get together on Friday and do this sure. again. I'm not really sure what our week sure. looks like, but we'll be back next week. Uh, at the latest at the, um, and so this has been Empires of the Future and we'll see you in the future alright see you later when I was a boy mother said so